Principals, and welcome to the NAESP Principal Podcast. My name is Rachel George, and I'm an educational leader in Oregon and an NAESP fellow. And my name is Adam Welcome. I'm an educator in California and lucky enough to be a fellow with my friend Rachel with NAESP in the Innovation Center. You know me, Rachel, I'm still trying to find a quicker way to say NASP. Like I don't like NASP, you know, but like it's like NA I have to say it so slowly. I'm just trying to get that quick way and I haven't come up with it yet. Maybe it's all about practice. <laughs> I need to, I need to practice more, get a little bit more prompt and perky. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, well, Hey friends, we're super excited to bring you all this episode of the NAESP principal podcast. See, cause I can say it fast. You just got to practice, <laughs> right? So we can talk about real ideas, people with amazing principles to help make your leadership stronger and more innovative. Yeah. And today on the show, I'm super excited. A new friend of mine, somebody I met in Idaho at a uh, at a technology conference. And then turns out like the very next day, we were both traveling to Louisville to the NAESP conference and everybody listening. How fun, did, how much fun did you have in Louisville? Like I just felt Louisville was such a fun city to have a conference in. There's just so much to do, all the different museums and restaurants. Uh, and the conference itself was just absolutely amazing. And we're just super excited to have Heather Hepworth from Idaho. Make sure you go to Twitter, H Hepworth um, on Twitter, H Hepworth uh, on Twitter, uh, principal NAESP member, Heather introduce yourself for the people out there that don't know who you are. And we'll just, uh, we'll get started there. Yeah, so I'm Heather Hepworth. I'm principal of a small rural rural school in Asequa, Idaho. There's about 300 students that attend our school. Um, I am starting my sixth year here um, and just super excited to get this school year going. Heck yeah. And we're super excited to have you on the podcast. Now, I know a little bit more about you just because we've talked offline. Can you go into your just like your childhood a little bit? Like I know you grew up overseas and you went to international schools. Like how was that? And I think kind of maybe like pointing the question to how did that help you in your current work just with, you know, families from different backgrounds and just different things. And obviously living abroad, you just see so much of that. Yeah, so I had um, a unique childhood, and as I look back, a great opportunity for me to grow as a le- as a leader. But um, my father worked for the U.S. government, and so by that we traveled every few years. So most of my um, elementary and middle school um, years were spent overseas, actually specifically in the Middle East, um, Bahrain and Dubai. Um, I attended middle school in Italy. And then went to Hawaii for a couple years and then was super upset when my dad said we were moving to Washington State for my senior year. I wanted to finish (laughs) it out and it just didn't happen that way. So I was not a very happy teenager, but um, from Washington, then I actually went to Utah State. And that's actually where um, I met my husband and now living on a dairy farm. So I have quite the background. I never thought I would live on a dairy farm with a bunch of cows, but here I am. (laughs) I love it. Um, I've lived here the longest, so it's where I call home now. Um, But I would just have to say I had to adapt to so many different cultures, beliefs, values, 
um, and just different systems that I have been able to do that as I um, lead a building of all different people and students. And um, it's helped me to gain strength, I guess, in knowing that I did it as a child and being a brand new student in a school, I know those feelings. I did it multiple times. And so I tend to reach out to those kids and know what needs to be put into place to make them feel like they're at home. Yeah, I love that story. There's so many like cool things. I'm sure you have so many stories of just, I mean, just growing up obviously in the Middle East and then now on a dairy farm, just like the dichotomy from like the desert to like the barn. I mean, like that could be like the title of a book from the desert to the barn. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. So what are you thinking about right now as a principal school starts for you in about a month, Heather, as we're recording this? So school may have already started, just started like when this comes out. But what are you thinking about right now as a principal? planning, staff, kids, district stuff. You know, Rachel and I talk to a lot of new leaders that are taking over and I'm always like, 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 where's your headspace? And um, I just think it's a really important thing to hear from someone like you who's been doing this job for, you know, enough years now, you, you know what's up. So, so what are you thinking about right now? Well, this morning I got our back to school flyer put together so families can start saving the date. Um, and that's, I always take some extra time to plan that event and make sure that it's something fun for the families to look forward to. So um, back to school night and we do that before school starts. Um, and so we just really get kids comfortable, get to meet their new teachers, um, and then on the flip side, I focus on the staff. So what am I doing um, to help the staff get on their feet? Um, and I take lots of time in planning our team building activity. Um, so like our first interaction back as staff, um, classified and certified and putting together, you know, what is our year going to be all about? So that's what's on my mind. I love it. Those are very relevant topics that I think everyone is wrestling with and wondering about and just marinating. So we're going to fast forward because the school year always fast forwards, right? So we're going to do it intentionally. When you're thinking about the end of the school year, how would you define success? What's your target? Um, you know, that's a heavy question because I think there's so many different areas that you can look at. But for me personally, as a school leader, I would say I define success um, by how we feel. And so it's not necessarily about that test score or that goal that might have been met or might not have been met. Um, but it's did we give it at our give it our best each day? You know, how many new relationships were made? Um, and so it's those feel good feelings inside um, that I determine, was it a great year? Yeah, I love that. You know, not just pointing at a test score or look at our attendance. And I mean, things that, yes, we, we can agree. I think those are important. There's so many other, so many much things that have just such a higher importance. So, uh, wondering how, how do you handle stressful situations as a principal? I remember this in my first interview for a principal, there was a list of like 15 things just in front of me and the superintendent said, okay, how would you prioritize these 15 things? And I just remember like, 
like that was such a powerful question, you know, and maybe maybe like three or five of those things are pretty high level and and intense. How do you just work through all of those things when they're happening all at once? Like, how do you prioritize? I'm a list maker. <laughs> I'm that person that writes something <laughs> down to cross it off. Um, so I typically and that happens. It's not every day, but there are definitely stressful days. And sometimes all the stressful things hit at once. And so for me, I find writing things down and highlighting the top three. So I take those top three and I actually put them on a new sticky note. And so I just start small and work through the bigger list. So depending on what it is, um, that's where I start with first. Um, I do have a colleague that I lean on a lot. And so oftentimes I take a minute to have a little thinking break, you know, a little brainstorm session that might be a few minutes or um, a little bit longer, but just helping to ensure that I'm doing. It's almost like that. Um, what would you say? Like, uh, I, I'm just trying to think of the word. Um, just that they agree with the choices that I made. So um, because it's a lonely job out there, I don't have a vice principal. It's just me. And so sometimes there's problems that um, shouldn't be vocalized throughout the school or that other people in the building can't know about. Um, and so that makes it hard. It makes it heavy. And so it's nice to have that thinking partner to be able to say, hey, does this sound OK or am I on the right track? This should be my top three. And then I just move forward with that. I like it. Um, you hit on a couple of key powerful concepts, right, that. The principalship, regardless of what level you're at, can be incredibly lonely. And that's a fantastic opportunity for you to have that sounding board and almost a calibration point to see, hey, I'm on, am I on the right, right path? And I love that you also narrow it to like, what are your big three each day? I love those little tidbits and advice. So shifting gears a little bit, besides the people that you use as a sounding board, um, I'm curious about people that believe in you as a school leader. So who might have been, who, who maybe was like that first person that really believed in you and maybe shoulder tapped you like, Hey, you're destined for bigger things. Tell us about that. And then also I'm curious on the flip side, how are you continuing to feed that leadership pipeline in your building or in your state? Um, so I, my very first year as a first grade teacher, I worked at Paul Elementary and for a lady by the name of Colleen Johnson. Um, and I was so intrigued by how she ran her building. So just leadership in general, I was like, wow, this is so cool. And that's what really gave me the key to say, hey, I want to do this. So that's when I went back to school after that first year, um, but then got hired on at a school that was closer to home and um, the school closer to home had, there was a principal here by the name of Suzette Miller. And I would have to say she was the one that believed in me. Um, she gave me multiple opportunities within the building um, to take on committees and to help lead some teachers in certain aspects. Um, so I have to give it to her. She believed in me. She saw something that maybe I didn't necessarily see in myself and gave me all of those opportunities. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, 
So we've seen on social media, Heather, all the new principals out there starting jobs right now. I mean, there's so many assistant principals and principals. And if you had just like a loudspeaker to all of them, what would be your best leadership advice to all those new leaders right now? Ooh, I would say stay the course your first year. Um, I think that's some of the best advice I was given is to not make too many changes is to really um, build the relationships with your staff, get to know them, talk to every single person every single day. Um, and then you will start to see what are things that, you know, are traditions within the building or what are some things that maybe need to be relooked at? Think outside of the box to change, but I don't believe you can um, change those things until you have those relationships with people. So I would just encourage anybody starting your first year, whether you're an assistant principal or a brand new principal, it's get to know your staff, get to know your building, take the time during the day to talk to each individual and you will be able to move mountains, you know, towards the end of your first year, even the beginning of your second year, if you take time to do that. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, you th I, as I'm listening to you talk about decision making, the decisions that need to be made and the changes that need to change so often, if you just let them happen, they're going to happen. So it's almost like you as a new leader, you're just kind of like some leaders close the door on change. If you just leave the door open and you don't necessarily make the decision on the change, but you allow it to happen, sometimes that's like the best way to do it if it's your first year or your or your 10th year and you're gonna know like you said because you've built relationships you're visible with people you're in classrooms every day you're walking the halls you're on the bus you're in front of the school you know all those things that a new principal should um, but I'm a hundred percent with you I used to just like I just followed people around my first year and honestly all the new leaders out there listening I think the second year is harder because you know more like the first year you go oh okay and then after something happens happens, you go, oh, wow, I uh, didn't know that, didn't know this. So like year two, you kind of have to like shift things. Um, but uh, yeah, just let things happen. I, I think that's just really, really awesome advice. Heather Hepworth, be sure you go to Twitter and connect with Heather H. H. Hepworth. That's H. Hepworth um, on Twitter. Principal in Idaho, NASP member, uh, just like a, you're getting to be a veteran principal now. I mean, do you consider yourself veteran? You've been doing it for long enough, right? I mean, uh, you don't have to be 15 year principal to be a veteran. <laughs> no. And it's so crazy. Every year has been different. And then, I mean, COVID is thrown into there. And so it just feels like maybe that's why I love my job though, too, is every year is a different year and we have an opportunity to do something different or change what we did. Um, mm -hmm. So there's always a starting over point. Um, and I love that about education. Um and it's okay to admit to the mistakes, say, hey, you know what? This didn't work out. Let's try it again. Um, Rachel had um, also asked, like, what am I doing to continue my leadership? Um, and I think I try to attend as many conferences as I can. Um, and oftentimes that's reaching out to people outside of Idaho. So, you know, what are other great ideas going on? And if you can't get to a conference, you know, it is through Twitter. It is through um, listening to podcasts or reading blogs or whatever it might be, but just really trying to reach out to people that are doing different things than 
what we're doing here in little old Idaho. Yeah, well, you even said it too. It's a lonely job. If you're in rural Idaho or if you're in, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area where I live and there's, you know, millions of people, it's it's a lonely job because so often, especially in elementary, you are the only only admin, you know, very few have assistant principals. So it's just imperative to connect outside of your building. Heather, I enjoy talking to you in Idaho, enjoy talking to you Thank in Louisville. You. And it's just uh, it's been awesome to have you on the podcast. Uh, everybody listening, thank you. Make sure you subscribe, share the episode, and um, look ahead to next year. The NAESP conference is going to be in Maryland, like pretty close to D.C. It's going to be an awesome conference. I will be there. So will Rachel. So uh, everybody have an amazing day. Thanks again, and we will see you soon.